Welcome to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour, a podcast where two amateur mixologists introduce homemade cocktails and discuss what makes each one a giant hit. Now, here are your hosts, Finn and Matthew Henry. Hello, mixology mavens and cocktail connoisseurs. I'm Matthew Henry, your dauntless navigator through the seas of spirits. And here with me is Ben Henry, the magician of malts and muddles. Today, we're diving deep into the vibrant world of drinks, exploring hidden alcoves of aperitifs and taking detours through the valleys of vermouth. From age-old classics to modern marvels, we've got your flavor adventure mapped out. So ready those glasses and let your curiosity flow. It's time to kick off another episode of Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. Onward to the adventure. How you doing, magician of malts and muddles? I'm doing very, very well. Uh, I like magician. I feel like this is a return. You know, before I was promoted through all of these different levels of leadership, I think earlier on ChatGPT had me as a magician or a sorcerer or some other magic wielder. And it feels good. It feels good to be back, you know, in that. Because I'm just, I'm just a magician of muddling and menthol. What was it? Malts and, malts and muddles. Malts and muddles. Right. Exactly. Oh, my. That is very, wow. That is very, very interesting because they, the ChatGPT also said something about historical classics and modern marvels. Yeah, and it also mentioned vermouth. It's right, and and I am a magician of malts, and that is all pointing to the cocktail that I am going to be presenting later today. Did you tell ChatGPT what I was giving, what I was drinking? Actually, it's kind of scary that I did not, and so wow. it's uh, maybe it just maybe it's the magician. Maybe it just knows. Wow, it's already it's already achieved singularity. It's already it's already in our brains. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah. we're just uh, one of the simulations that's happening. Yeah, you know, so. yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, wow, I'm I'm happy to be a simulation. That would be a, kind of a relief, actually, quite frankly. My daughter told uh, me the other day that there's a fifty fifty chance that we're all living in a simulation. Your daughter is completely correct on that. Uh, welcome to the machine. Well, I'm glad that this machine has cocktails. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I think that's a good precursor for my cocktails today, because you know, Matthew, you know, usually this is where I start talking about how my week was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my week was not good, and it's oh. the same reason. It's the same reason that it was not good last week. Because let's face it, Matthew, I had a great week. I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have to go to school. Um, the biggest problem I have right now is I'm playing too much of a video game to the point where I've punished myself and I can no longer play that video game. Uh, that's the kind of life I'm living right now, and if that sounds awesome, it is. But bad things happen to good people sometimes, and my baseball team did not make the playoffs. And uh, and you know what? Somebody got fired over it. But it wasn't me because I don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so I'm a little bit bitter. Okay, okay. I, yeah, I, I can sense that. I can sense that. And uh before we get into that, I guess uh, let you know how my week went. Um, I finished off my week actually with a charity golf tournament, 
And last year, I was a host of one of the holes and I served my old fashions that I make. And it was a big hit. And so this year I brought back an old fashioned as well as I tweaked my I don't give a fig that I brought to the show last week Mm. and swapped out the Cointreau for Yuzu liqueur. Oh, and and it was quite delightful. And uh, those who were, you know, I, I was at first the gin cocktail was a little slow. To you know, on the course there, most people wanted the old fashioned, but by the end, I would say it was probably only about a two to one ratio from the old fashions to gin, and that was fine. Uh, a lot of people really liked it, so I had a great time. It's, it's so much fun just like sitting out there, giving people drinks, and them telling me how great my drinks are. And Matthew, I had a good time. are you yeah. actually a bartender? You and know, this all whole thing has been a ruse. Yeah, the whole CEO thing has been a ruse. No, an amateur I, I, cocktail maker. I'm just finding ways to be like an amateur bartender, mm. which is really kind of fun. I've, I'm actually looking forward to doing this again. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun. Anyway, so that's how my week ended. That's how my week ended anyway. And that's all I remember. So it was a good week. Yeah, and, uh, you know, notwithstanding the Giants. I mean, I, I think I'd come to terms with the Giants uh, prior to, to this last week. So, yeah, mm. there wasn't a whole lot. Although we did have a surprise this weekend yeah, that was yeah. a little bit of a, which we talk about on the other show. Yeah, uh, So speaking of bitterness, Ben. Mm. And I think I might know the answer to this because of, you know, you, you just seem so bitter right now. But uh, the question is, if bitterness was a season, what would it be and why? Oh, wow. Mm. I mean, I think the answer is kind of obvious. And so that almost makes me not want to take that one. The season of the year that I hate the most is January. And I know that's not a season. It's a month, but I really don't like it because the holiday season is over. I mean, we're really just starting my favorite time of year, right? as we discussed, I think, a couple shows back. And I love baseball. So spring is pretty cool, right, because it starts up. But January is just the worst, right? There's just it, it's no nobody's doing spring training. Like The only people getting signed are people by Farhan Zaidi aka scrubs who you don't like and and don't want and and so there's just nothing is happening in January so i guess the answer is 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 winter but i really don't like hot so i kind of not like so summer's on notice <laughs> so bitterness would be winter if it was a season but summer's on notice just because of its heat mm-hmm. you know it, like the, the rest of the stuff that happens during summer that's great but like, I just don't like extreme heat, and uh, and so yeah, it's it's on it's on uh, it's on notice. How about you, Matthew? Well, I I, I kind of have to agree with you on there when you brought up the heat. You know, there's I'm a runner, and you know there's there's only so much heat you can run in, and and I'm also a coach, and I don't know, like like this last spring, the spring was too cold, and then the summer was too hot, and I don't think like like. I don't know. So it's hard to, so I'm just bitter about it. all. I'm a bitter about climate change, Ben. That's what I'm bitter about. I'm yeah. bitter about all the seasons, not making sense anymore. So all the seasons are bringing some bitterness to it, I guess. Um, you know, now actually it was a lovely time, you know, temper, although next week's supposed to be hot again. So That's right. I'll just be bitter all over again. I don't know. So 
Yeah, I don't, it's a tough question. I think there's lots of reasons to be bitter every season, you know, and uh, uh, it seems like to me, like you especially would appreciate that. Yes, but I, I don't want to give it away now at this point in the show. My official answer is winter. Summer's on notice, but I'm kind of in an emotional state right now. And so, you know, anything could happen later in the show. I know All that right. usually is what we do in the other show, the baseball show. That's when I go off the rails. But right now I'm just I'm just completely discombobulated because the one thing in my life outside of my control right now didn't go my way. And I'm really upset about it. OK, well, let's uh, stay tuned for the rest of the episode to see how unbent Ben gets, I guess. You know what time it is? Is it that time? It's that time for Tip, Tip of, of the, the day! day! It's time for Tip of the Day, Ben. Tip of the Day. So the tip that I'm bringing this week has to do with my golf outing. And one of the great things about, you know, when you're hosting large amounts of people, whether it's at a party or a golf tournament, is batching your cocktails is a easier way to serve them, you know, when you're trying to get them out in a timely manner. And uh, generally, it's pretty easy to batch a cocktail. You just kind of scale the cocktail, uh, you know, as as one would. Uh, but I, I learned something this week, Ben, around that. And the tip is to make sure you know what ingredients could affect the product when left sitting overnight and the i don't give a fig with its yuzu instead of cointreau calls for orgeat syrup which i made by myself i made hand homemade orgeat syrup it was delicious everything was great i put it in the the refrigerator came back the next morning the morning of the golf tournament and the uh the cocktail had completely separated there was a big, thick layer of like white stuff on top and then just kind of like the booze on the bottom, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I immediately realized what had happened, that uh, orgeat has a very high fat content. Yeah. Because almonds have lots of oil in them. And so that's what happened. The fat separated from the booze. Now, luckily, I was able to once I actually brought it down to room temperature and just shook the crap out of it and was able to make it all into one again. Uh, but I was a little nervous there for a while. So my <laughs> tip is before you jump into something like that, either understand what the products are in your how they could be affected by batching or do a test run beforehand because uh, things could get ugly quickly. So that is my tip. That is a very good tip. Always do a test run. Good tip. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, just want people to learn from my mistakes, Ben. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah, that's why we're here. We're here to bumble and stumble and and make ourselves look like idiots so that you at home can have better cocktails. That's right. That's right. I don't know why the Giants do that, though. It doesn't really seem very helpful. I'm not sure if you said better cocktails or bitter cocktails, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to tomato. use that as a segue into uh, your cocktail. Ben, what are you drinking today? Well, Matthew, 
as you know, as one of the participants in Giant Cocktails' happy hour, is that there's like sort of an ongoing storyline. There's a plot always at play in our show. Yes. And if you've been following the story, you know that uh, Matthew was making a stretch of summer cocktails. And I, not really having any good ideas, thought I would do something like that too. And I briefly thought about doing summer cocktails myself. But instead, I, th- I thought, well, that's kind of just stepping all over his toes. And so instead, I decided to do fall cocktails. And, but I said I was going to keep making fall cocktails until you made a fall cocktail. Well, you've yes. done that. And so now that means I'm free. I don't have to make fall cocktails anymore. So I need a new theme. And the good news is, Matthew, as you know, even though we try to treat happy hour as a cocktail show, this is all still just giant cocktails. And Ben is very bitter about the failure of our San Francisco Giants to make the postseason. And so what I thought I would do for the month of October, when we should be celebrating a deep and surprising run to the World Series, but are instead left waiting to find out who's going to be the new manager? What? I am going to instead call this the month of bitterness. And so this is actually the bitterness season, Matthew. The no playoffs season. The post season. The post season. That's right. The season of bitterness. And so I, Matthew, am making a foray into bitter cocktails, which if you also know the show, you know I don't like. But I'm doing it. I'm suffering for the people. And the good news is I'm going to be drinking some classics starting today with a cocktail from 1894, I believe, originally made at the Waldorf Astoria, once referred to as a Manhattan, but now has its own different separate name because it is made with scotch. It is now called, since 1894, the Rob Roy, named after Rob Roy McGregor, the famous Scottish historical figure, right? Oh, sure. That guy. Wrong. It's not named after him. No? It's named after a musical that was based on him. (laughs) 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 That was, was I guess, debuting in New York City at that time. And, uh, and yeah, so it's named after a thing that was named after Rob Roy. Anyway, yeah. Uh, who's Rob Roy? He's a famous guy in Scotland who, like, I don't know, he was a cattle baron, but then he got hoodwinked and had his money stolen, and then he couldn't pay back a loan, and because of that he had his land stolen from him by the big, mean, you know, uh, rich people. And, uh, and, uh, and so, you know, he kind of did some Robin Hood type stuff. But also fought in some wars over religion. I don't know. If you care about that sort of stuff, you can go read about it or whatever. Anyway, it's the Rob Roy. And what is in a Rob Roy? Well, it has two ounces of scotch. Scotch is Scottish whiskey. Preferably a blended malt whiskey. And there's the tie-in from ChatGPT. 
You could use a single malt. That's traditionally not done. But if you do use one, do not use a peaty one. The Rob Roy is not traditionally made with a peaty scotch or an Islay scotch, right? So we're talking about a Scottish blended malt whiskey that is not super peaty. You want two ounces of that. I'm using Monkey Shoulder. It's what I had in my bar. I could have used Balvenie, but that's a single malt. So I didn't. And then you add to that an ounce or three quarters of an ounce, depending on whom you ask. I went with three quarters of an ounce because I'm bitter, but I'm not that bitter, (laughs) of sweet vermouth. And then you do a shot or three or five of Angostura bitters. You put all of that into a stirring glass with ice. You stir until chilled. This is stirred, not shaken, folks. And then you strain that into a Nick and Nora glass, and you serve it with a single brandied cherry. You can do two or three. The one thing I will note about the cherries really quickly is I use Luxardos. Luxardos come in that jar, and they're full of that wonderful syrup. Usually I like to just let that syrup do its thing in the cocktail. For a Rob Roy, the Rob Roy is a really beautiful, clear, clean-looking cocktail. I would try to get as much of the syrup off of that cherry as you can before you put it in your drink so it doesn't kind of murk things up. And that is how you make the Rob Roy. (sighs) Folks, I enjoy making cocktails because I enjoy drinking cocktails, but I also make cocktails because I enjoy crafting them and learning about their history and learning to like them even if I don't like them originally, you know, speaking from a palate sense. That being said, I have been avoiding these cocktails for a long time because I knew I wasn't going to like the flavor. So I'm going to do my best to describe what it tastes like. But if you detect any of that bitterness coming through, just know that I'm obviously biased. And the Giants didn't make the playoffs. You know, it's actually not that bad. The... The whiskey comes through, and it's if you choose the right blended uh, scotch whiskey, it should be, have some sort of floral, fruity kind of notes to it. It might even be a little bit kind of like a light bourbonish flavor is the best way for a non-whiskey person to, to describe it. The sweet vermouth takes all of that brightness and fruitiness and just crushes it from below. like the San Francisco Giants. But no, but it then actually adds a lot of depth and body to it, creating something that is not quite so heavy as sweet vermouth by itself, but also not so um, single single note as as the scotch by itself. It, it is a really sophisticated cocktail. I mean, this is, this is as sophisticated as they come. This is a thinker, for sure. And that, Matthew, is what I'm drinking today the Rob Roy. All right. Well, actually, it's not that bad is a ringing endorsement, Ben. <laughs> Folks, run on out and make this as quickly as you can. But, you know, I, I actually feel like we have some listeners that probably are like, gosh, you know, the, all they, they go for is these, you know, s- the sweet profile drinks and all that. And and you're right. That's all we go for. <laughs> but uh, Ben is now... Now, maybe exploring the drier side of the cocktail world. And, you know, the sweet vermouth adds a little bit of sweetness. You know, I mean, it does it does have a little bit of that fruitiness that's in there that, you know, if you didn't have that, it'd be, you know, the scotch would just be, you know, like hitting you in the face. So 
you know, I think that there's there's I, I could see how this would be a really nice cocktail. I have actually never had a Rob Roy uh, by choice, uh, but I do think. Well, I do want to remind everyone that if you are doing this and you have sweet vermouth to refrigerate your vermouth because the alcohol content in vermouth is not high enough to keep it stable. And so you definitely need to refrigerate it and it'll last a good you know, six months refrigerated. But if you leave it out in your cabinet, it will get spoiled after a while. So that's my tip with uh, the vermouth. But Ben, I... I think I would let some of that syrup from the brandy cherry kind of dribble down in there and maybe stir it in a little bit. Uh, that would just be me. Uh, but, you know, it is a lovely shade of red. You were saying it's brown. I'm kind of thinking it's this beautiful red color. With yeah. The light that, hitting it. Yeah. I used and, Angostura bitters in there. Oh, so that's going to bring some redness to it for sure. For sure. Yeah. It, it, I think it's a really beautiful cocktail. I mean, this is this is kind of a, a classic cocktail that's just sitting on a bar in a, you know, I don't know classic movie or you know or, or what you would imagine from a classic book it's it's just a beautiful classic looking cocktail and and honestly the flavor the taste yeah i mean i like scotch by itself like i, I will drink scotch neat mm-hmm. what i don't like about vermouth is that you know after that first note of sweetness there just comes this sort of crashing, crushing sort of bitterness is the only way that I can explain it. And, and I think, you know, I'm using those sorts of words because I don't like it, right? It, it is not something that I enjoy right off of the bat. But it does add a lot of, you know, you're correct in saying that the scotch is going to be very spirit forward and very heavy on the alcohol notes at the beginning. But as you finish it, you you start to taste all of the the notes in in the scotch, and it does kind of finish, uh, especially if you're drinking a good one, it does finish kind of smoothly. And I think the vermouth here just adds a sort of broodiness uh, that makes it entirely its own different thing. Uh, and it's certainly way better than just drinking the sweet vermouth all by itself. <laughs> I, I can see why people like this, but nobody ever describes this as being a light cocktail. You know, everybody describes this as a spirit forward cocktail. So I, I would just, if you're looking for spirit forward, just make sure that you understand what you're getting into when you try the sweet vermouth, because it may not be your cup of tea or your bottle of wine. All right. Well, the Rob Roy, there we go. And so, Matthew, that brings us to your fall-inspired cocktail. Tell us, what are you drinking today? Well, Ben, today I am drinking an old-fashioned. But, yes, (laughs) I know, surprise, right? Shocker, shocker. But this one is a fall-inspired old-fashioned. I am drinking an apple cinnamon old-fashioned. And the apple cinnamon old fashioned is very basic. It's got two ounces of bourbon, about a half ounce of apple cinnamon demerara syrup, one dash of orange bitters and three dashes of black walnut bitters. And you add all those into a mixing glass with ice, stir for about 30 seconds to dilute and chill, and then strain it into a rocks glass uh, with a large ice cube Express some orange peel oils over the drink and drop it in the glass. 
and garnish it with a cherry and or um, a slice of apple. What I really like about this is that when you put it to the nose before you take your sip, you're getting that apple notes right on the palate as soon as you hold it to your mouth. And then when you take a sip, it's just this nice apple and bourbon flavor that hits you. And especially early on, before it's diluted more in the glass, the the spiciness of the bourbon really is forefront, but then it's mellowed out by this apple and cinnamon on the back. A really, really nice combination. And the black walnut bitters just brings it all together with this earthiness and this, you know, the the just the nuttiness in the background. And just combined all three together, it just makes a lovely, lovely old fashioned. And that is what I'm drinking today, Ben. Well, that sounds really good, Matthew. Of course, when it comes to your old fashions, especially your flavorful old fashions, the real secret is in the syrup. And I know that you wanted to talk about the syrup today. So can you tell us a little bit about what was involved in the crafting of your apple cinnamon syrup? It's very simple. I did a two to one ratio of Demerara sugar to water. And then I added chopped apple, one or two chopped apples and a two or three cinnamon sticks. And so you heat the sugar and water over low heat until it dissolves. And then you jump in the chopped apple and the cinnamon sticks and you let it simmer for about five minutes or so, five to ten minutes maybe. And then you turn it off uh, the heat, remove it from heat and just let it cool down with all the apples and the cinnamon sticks still in there. And then once it's cooled, you strain it into a container and you have this wonderful uh, syrup that has this apple notes and cinnamon notes that just kind of evokes apple pie uh, and not only goes great in this old fashioned, but would go good in you know, like over ice cream and things like that. Just really, really nice uh, syrup to have. So that is what I'm drinking today, Ben. Well, that sounds like a cocktail for people whose teams made the playoffs, Matthew. <laughs> I, I do appreciate... Or, or people who have come to terms with the fact that their team didn't make the playoffs. So whatever. Tomato, tomato, tomato. I do like that you put some black walnut bitters in there just to add a little bit of bitterness. <laughs> There's two types of bitters, actually. There's orange bitters and black walnut bitters. Orange and black bitters! That's oh my true. goodness, you did <laughs> that it. That was unintentional, but yes, there it is, just for you. <laughs> oh, maybe that should be the name of this episode, Orange and Black Bitters. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, I, I, folks, I think if you're looking for a way to, to add variety to your cocktails in a way that's simple, easy, uh, but also fun and and also where you can experiment a lot. And, and maybe we've already said this. I feel like we've said this repeated, but I'm just going to repeat it again. It, it's in the syrups. It really is. I know we've talked about a lot of different ways that you can do this, right, by making tinctures and, and all these other things. But the syrups are really the place where you can do this. It, it, is, it is just such an easy way to, to add and change up so many different cocktails. It's not an easy way to change up a Rob Roy, though. <laughs> nope, not going to change it one bit. No, there's no syrup in Rob Roy uh, or 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 the other cocktails that I will be bringing the rest of this month. But it is an easy and fun way to do it. So I, I strongly encourage you once again to, to make your own syrups. Matthew, do you feel like remind me what was the what was the spirit you were using here? Was it a bourbon? 
bourbon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you think about maybe putting this over Laird's Applejack? Yeah, I thought the apple might just be a the Applejack might be a little too much apple. Too uh, much apple. Mm-hmm. I actually, uh, for the golf tournament that I did, I actually used a bottled and bond bourbon, uh, which Ooh. had a lot of spice to it. And so uh, it really kind of hit you there. Uh, and the apple was just kind of the in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, on this one, I'm actually using Elijah Craig's Small Batch, and which is a much more mellow bourbon. Right. And I actually really, really like this one. I mean, the, I mean, both were great. Uh, but I think, you know, it just depends on what you like. And and I think even with a rye, you could probably do, you know, that as well. I was just going to say that. I think yeah. a rye with this syrup would be really, really interesting because especially if you go heavy on the syrup, you're already using a, a rich, simple syrup there. And if you if you prefer sweet cocktails, as we do, and I'm probably just projecting here because I don't have a sweet cocktail in front of me right now. Probably when I'm just like talking this way but like if you were to take i think a little bit more than the standard amount of syrup with a rye that would be really interesting because the rye would add sort of especially if it's a like a written house like a hot rye like that oh now we're getting crazy and drunk wow yeah and the original uh my original one with this when i used the bottled and bond and i used it because Frankly, it was Kirkland brand and it was a good deal to bring to a golf tournament that I was, you know, trying to keep the cost down. That's what they had in their bulk section that day, you know, was the bottled and bond. So I actually originally thought I was going to do like add a little bit of like ginger liqueur in this to give it a little bit of spice as well. Mm. But it was too much with the bottled and bond. And mm-hmm. so I pulled out the ginger uh, liqueur. So it was great, though, nonetheless. And yeah. And so you could play around with all sorts of the different, you know, the different types of whiskeys and the syrup. Yeah, definitely. I I really do like the black walnut bitters in this one. I think it brings the apple together. It it really does kind of bring this like apple pie kind of feel to it. There you have it, folks. The Rob Roy and the Apple Cinnamon Old Fashioned. If you liked either of these cocktails enough to try them yourselves, or maybe you made something better or more bitter, take a scot of it. Or maybe just paint a word picture and send it to us on Instagram, Twitter, and by Twitter, I mean Twitter, Threads, or Mastodon. I don't know why we say those last two, but we do. It's right here in my script. We love to interact with you all, and it really helps the show. You know what else helps the show, Matthew? Leaving us a positive rating on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend your in-laws, casual acquaintance, enemies, people that you've just met, people that, you know, you have never even thought about since elementary school. Anyone. Tell anyone about our show. That would really help. Oh, and for those of you who listen to us on Google Podcasts, that's apparently going away sometime in the future. Why don't you just switch over to Spotify or some other tool? before we disappear. I guess Google wants you to go to YouTube Music. So anyway, you can find us there. Also, you can find us right here where you found us today on Monday where we'll be drinking these very same cocktails while we talk about week two of the off-season for the San Francisco Giants. 
I don't even I don't even know what we're gonna be talking about. Something something whatever. It doesn't matter. So it's like it doesn't matter. Does it even matter? It does matter, Ben. And they're gonna come back and listen. Uh well, we'll see you all next Monday when we'll be drinking these very same cocktails while we talk about the San Francisco Giants and their off season. Yay. Until then, Matthew. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Matthew, save me. (laughs) Edit all this out, Ben. That's how you can save yourself. Oh, okay, okay.